Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain. Each episode, we bring together leaders across the supply chain space to discuss the role of technology and business model innovation on the future of supply chain. The Future of Supply Chain podcast is presented by Dynamo. Dynamo is a pre-seed and seed stage supply chain investor. To learn more about Dynamo and this show, head over to www.dynamo.vc slash podcasts or subscribe on the platform of your choice. Now let's get into the show. Here's our host, Santosh Sankar. Hey, ladies and gents, welcome back to the Future Supply Chain Podcast. I'm your host, Santosh Sankar. Joining me today is Ajesh Kapoor, founder and CEO of Semicab. Welcome, Ajesh. Thank you for having me, Santosh. It's great to have you join. And, you know, before we jump in and have our conversation, I'd love to just have you provide the 90-second, two-minute overview of what you're building at Semicab. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those problems that I've been uh, grappling with for a long, long time. Got initiated in logistics a long time back, and logistics and trucking specifically in the U.S., it's a very enterprise-centric world where companies, large and mid-sized enterprises, try to solve for efficiency inside the enterprise. The carriers uh, are operating within their own structure. There have been limited endeavors over time to bring a multi-enterprise solution together, but not not really in a way where they could be successful. So a whole lot of things needed to come into play. And that's what Semicab decided to take on to build an all-around more efficient trucking network. When you look at all the companies moving goods and when you look at empty miles that a one in three miles that a truck is running is empty. Our whole mission in life is to bring it down to one in 10, at least take out half the empty miles that are out there without adding trucks, without adding drivers, without adding miles, right? So that's that's our mission. And we, we have been singularly focused on that. The entire team at Semicab comes from very heavy transportation logistics domain technology background, and that is the problem we are trying to attack. What's your story? How did you end up getting into this wonderful world of trucking and supply chain? How did the story originate on on your side? <laughs> yeah, it's a, so I'm based in Atlanta, and the the reason uh, the way I ended up in Atlanta, I came to Georgia Tech. And the industrial and systems engineering, where you know I went in for operations research, it's one of those things when you wake up and you realize optimization is your passion. There are a few people like us in the world. And when I went to the school there, uh, we had a logistics lab, and I get a research assistantship in the lab and get exposed to all kinds of uh, wonderful stuff working with companies like Siemens, UPS, doing the first generation GPS-based time study with them, with Atlanta Public Schools, with Praxair. That got me started on this track where we did network design and routing and scheduling, what we would uh, do in terms of last mile delivery now. Yeah. So stayed in that space and then did my first startup back in uh, 2000 in the last mile delivery space where we brought in uh, much more advanced optimization, but we also brought in the entire concept of visibility, the tracking and uh, tracing of all the goods that are moving uh, in a dense street-level environment. And you stay in that environment long enough and you start realizing how broken this whole piece is. 
And that's where you, that basically I go back to 2006, 2007 is when it became very, very clear on when you start looking at trucking and you find the inefficiencies and you start trying different things. So that has been my career where we know a lot of things that we don't need to do that don't really work. And we've taken a whole lot of those lessons and built, built semi-cab up. So we are starting not at that point where we have to try everything out. We know uh, a number of things that don't work. We still need to find others, but that's, in short, that's the story. So, you know, digging in a semi-cab then, what, what specifically are the problems or is the problem you're solving for your customers today? Yeah, so our, our customers, primary customers are large enterprises, midsize uh, shippers. So you take a retailer, a CPG organization, a food and beverage company. And these guys are in the e-commerce space. A whole lot of, we focus on the last mile side of it, but there is that middle mile where things are moving full truck load. And we've gone through extreme volatility the last uh, four years or so, but the volatility has always been there. The cyclical nature of this market has always been there. What it leads to for our customers is it creates a situation where the capacity that they are procuring, that they're contracting for, is not as reliable as it needs to be. So, And of course, when the cycle gets extreme, they don't get as much coverage for their freight. So they have, at the beginning of the year, they will uh, contract for all the freight that they project. But in the end of the day, they get up to let's say 60, 70, in good situation, 75% of their freight covered through that mode. Now for large organizations spending, let's say a billion dollars on freight, on outside trucking, if you have to find close to 250 to 300 million in capacity in the spot market, that's extremely painful and you lose control over your budget. You lose control over your quality of the transportation. So a whole lot of consequences come into play during that time. And our whole model is designed to provide the most reliable capacity and at the same time, bring in the other side of the community, the trucking carriers, make a business model for them that converts your whole up and down cycle to where they're getting consistent revenue at better profit margins than they do today. And by generating efficiencies within the network, we are able to do both sides. And that's, that, that's the, the big pain that we, that we focus on, on the shipper side of things. And, you know, when I'm a shipper today, how, how am I coping with this problem? Am I throwing bodies at it? Are there, you know, antiquated workflows that might leverage, you know, some types of technology? Or is there, you know, some type of incumbent vendor I might be relying on? Like, how, how, how have you seen your customers kind of pre-semi-cab try to wrangle all this, if you would? I would have loved to say that it has been a mixed bag or that they, we are making progress on that side. In fact, what the, the year or two when we were fine-tuning our solution, when we were testing it out completely because we have a pretty crazy, ambitious approach to how we go about doing things, from the technology side of it, we, we followed this process. And uh, when we were talking to the customers, it was 
throwing a lot of bodies, but then they try to do the technical side of it. So technology side where in the routing guide, they set up some of the digital and some of the traditional broker operations as integrated into their TMS as a last resort. But uh, I think they got bitten pretty hard by the entire dynamic pricing approach because these were set up as auto-accept models. And suddenly you are paying two, three times what you had budgeted for a load for a lane, right? So so pretty soon what you realize is a whole lot of this stuff, although there are new technology solutions coming in and these guys are trying to use them, they are very, very open to it. But when it comes to the extreme volatility part of it, I think we, all of us saw capacity shift to the spot market just the way it did before. None of the solutions that were in the market till pre-COVID, during COVID, that have been around for a while, none of them address that volatility part of it. So I do know you talk about SemiCab as a collaborative platform. Could, could you expand on that for us? Sure. I think the, the couple of big things when we talk about collaboration, so we do go into the entire building of the platform from the ground up. When you build it, you build it for collaboration where multiple parties can come in and have the single version of the truth, right? So you have different perspectives. The big difference in how we uh, set up everything is not just that, right? That's the, the that's the starting point. But in this particular case, when we look at truckload and uh, driving collaboration in this space, you cannot just put two parties together and ask them to collaborate with each other. That has been the traditional design of a collaboration platform in the past, a marketplace structure in the past. Where we come in is we we orchestrate that collaboration in a very dynamic manner. So the whole approach is where you can bring multiple enterprises into the ecosystem and there are synergies that are existing. All the networks are not completely imbalanced, right? It's or unbalanced. It's when you are bringing these guys in, there are synergies, there are opportunities for efficient use of those resources that you bring into the structure. So that's what we focus on. And so it is very different from your traditional collaboration side of it. It is an orchestrated collaboration where we are using the technology that we have built to drive that collaboration between different parties on a dynamic basis. So it may not be the same companies that are collaborating on this trip with each other on Monday that they are doing on Tuesday versus Wednesday and this week versus next week. That is that is the dynamic part of orchestration that we are driving. And, you know, when you're talking about orchestration and, and something like trucking, while your customer is the shipper, how are you able to build the right workflows and incentives to get the carrier also bought into the semi-cab workflow, the, 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 the semi-cab platform? Equally, in many cases, there's also a broker involved. How have you kind of figured out how to get everybody playing together? That's oftentimes from our vantage point where this type of technology is difficult to really get scale behind. Yeah, it, it, so this was uh, one of those pieces where everything that we decided was going to be driven by our mission. So technology is one part of it. 
and where you are, uh, where th this is the question we grappled with. If we went to market with a tech only solution, we would keep running into this and a couple of other issues that there was no, no solve for. We couldn't say that AI and AI solves for this, right? So we actually designed the business model where we keep the buying process for these enterprises the same as if they were buying directly from an asset-based carrier. Rely on us using those resources more efficiently so we can, even if we are, and we are paying more to the carrier, that we are still able to stay within that and still be a viable, sustainable organization. So that's the big play on that side is we, we don't get into situations where we are dealing with a brokerage operation in the middle. We, our ecosystem is built up today of shippers and carriers. Now, there is a room for us to grow into the broker space because the capacity we are bringing in, I'm pretty sure at some point in the scale, we will start opening it up to more parties to come in. But the big, huge piece, the difference for us is because we are so focused on reducing empty miles in the entire network, we focus on regular freight. We don't regular freight where the volatility is somewhat lower, especially when you combine the volumes from multiple enterprises. So that, that's, the, that's the big part that is very different for us compared to pretty much anybody who is doing it. And it's a tech-enabled services model, so we're not trying to sell technology. We are basically saying, yes, we understand there is risk in here. We believe in our technology enough that we are going to bring in the freight, your volume, at these prices. And we know that we can generate the efficiencies, and so we can, we can make a margin on that. And, and really what that positions you for is you're... You, you, you win only when your customer wins and there's no longer necessarily that perhaps optics from your customer that you're going to extract, you know, a subscription or, or something similar, regardless of whether they're succeeding or not. That's, that's exactly right. And uh, we double down on that. We, we have, we adopted very consciously for multiple reasons, uh, land and expand model, right? So we say, because we are technology people and we are providing trucking services. So that was the first step that we took with our first set of customers. We said, okay, let us provide these services to you and see what that experience looks like. And that, that, is, that is where the big differences for us come in, right? We are so confident in our ability because we tested this thing, Santosh, at uh, half a million loads in a week with trucks that could start in 10,000 different locations, being able to predict, being able to optimize dynamically when the engine is running on a constant basis and the loads are changing and you're adapting to that, building enough con contingency into this model that we are very, very confident in our ability as we scale to provide more and more efficiencies into the entire system. And so, you know, I, I would love to, if you're able to kind of share some of the more specific like customer wins, customer benefits from those who have adopted semi-cab, I, I don't know, and, and we don't necessarily need to n name names, but are there various examples of where you've come in, implemented the solution, and now shippers are benefiting from your advantaged approach? Yeah, no, I would say, so there are a couple of different pieces in there. 
So we have customers in, in retail, in food and beverage, in the whole e-commerce fulfillment by Amazon kind of models, CPG, where you're going from pet nutrition and things like that, paper, high-tech, technology side of it. So water delivery. So different beachheads that we have created in these verticals. And the first piece that I always come to at the end of the day, these customers are looking to move goods. And so the first thing that we focus on is our acceptance rate, tender acceptance rate. We keep it consistently above 99% for every single one of our customers. We, we try to approach 100%, but you know, uh, 100% is a tough number, but we have consistently over the last 12 months stayed above 99% for every single one of our customers. Along with that, you basically say you have the on-time pickup and on-time delivery, and that's where we stay in the mid-90s. So, so very a strong focus on the operational side of it. But then what these customers buy into and where they are seeing the quality of the delivery is them knowing that over time, the capacity, the supply that is coming into the system is going to be dedicated to the ecosystem. And when it gets dedicated to the ecosystem, it is going to be much more consistent in terms of quality. And that, that, has been the, that has been the big buy-in leverage that we get with these, with these customers. That's, those are the metrics that they go after. And so if I'm a shipper today and, and I say, yeah, let's go ahead, let's, let's do semi-cab, what does the integration effort look like from my side? Yeah, it's a, so that, that's a very good question. That was the first part that when we talked about building a collaborative platform. So we build it from the ground up where there's a canonical data model in the middle. We, it's pure, very clean API structure with pre-built partnerships and integrations with uh, TMSs like Blue Yonder and OTM, Oracle Transportation Management. So when we, when we start working uh, on this side and the same thing with the ELD providers and other carrier systems that we created these pre-built things and we take on that mapping on us. So we want to keep the experience both on the operational side and on the technology side completely frictionless. We don't really create an IT project out of it. There are customers who have uh, onboarded with us in a week. There are customers who took a little bit longer because they couldn't get away from the EDI side of it in the beginning. So it took them more than, let's say, it, it took them two to three weeks. But all the work that we take on is on our end in all those cases. And, you know, I guess kind of throwing the hard question here, if you would, in, in what situations have you realized that perhaps, you know, semi-cab is not a great solution when you're working with a shipper? Yeah, no, I think that's actually uh, one of those things where if you look at the market and look at it's a large market, right? It's like even the U.S. is a pretty humongous market when you look at full truckload. A whole lot of effort has gone into and has done wonders in terms of consolidating the small carrier owner operators, taking out some of the phone calls that go into the process of matching up a load with a carrier. But most of that has been on the spot load side of things. And that is the part where we stay away from because our solution 
at least at this stage. Again, once you reach a certain scale, once you reach a certain size, uh, we will reevaluate that part of it. But if you're looking for a spot load solution, Semicab is really not the answer for you, right? It's not, our focus is on building efficient round trips, not on trying to find which carrier is going to like this particular load and just connect the two together. That is not our solution. So we are trying to, and because any efficiencies that you generate in that model, Santosh, it's accidental. It's not really uh, anything meaningful. So if you're trying to generate efficiency, then that's where we keep our focus on. And you know, how, how does the optimizations that you're, you're enabling, uh, where does that kind of cross with sustainability, reduction in, in, in emissions, those types of ESG goals you're seeing many large shippers and equally carriers make commitments towards? Yeah, it's a it's a great question because it's a it's one of those situations where uh, it's a built-in feature of uh, why we are doing what we are doing, right? So, yes, there are multiple problems. There is the uh, problem of reliable capacity. There is the problem of driver shortage. There is the problem of not enough trailers, not enough trucks out there when you are in that part of the uh, freight cycle. The big huge piece when we say we bring down the empty miles from, let's say the industry average right now is around 30%. When we bring it down from 30% to 10% for our ecosystem, we basically generated 30% additional capacity because if you're taking it from 70 to 90%, you have generated that additional capacity, not only without an additional truck or driver, but without driving an additional mile. And that that has a Yes, it has a big, huge economic benefit, but then it has a very significant environmental benefit to it, right? Because you're not emitting any more carbon into the environment for a big, huge percentage of the miles that you are running. So when we look at this model uh, and we say, in a whole lot of cases, sustainability, when you are pursuing sustainability, it comes at the cost of economic benefit, in this case, they come in together as a package, and a wonderful package, I think. So with that, as we move to finish up the session, I'd love to do uh, what we call rapid fire. So I'm going to make a statement, and you get 20 seconds, just what's top of mind to share with our listeners. You ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. So signs of a pending freight recession. I would say the signals are mixed, Santosh. I think there is uh, still enough unpredictable COVID remnants like Shanghai that can that can make the whole capacity and demand situation fluctuate over the coming months. So I think the signals are mixed on that. The future of digital freight brokerage. <laughs> That's a tough question because, you know, I think the, the big huge piece is where digital brokers have to do certain things better that they are doing. At the same time, the focus has to stay on customer experience. And some of the digital brokers compromised on that during the cycle. Yes, dynamic pricing and all the other pieces, the touch that you have on the carrier side and customer side, you can take it up to a certain level to drive efficiencies, but you still need that, that experience being the front and center. And if they do, they have a very bright future. And finally, your favorite book. 
I read too much to have uh, one favorite. These days, the top of mind for me, there are two. Jeffrey Morse, uh, Crossing the Chasm, just because we have created all these beachheads and we are looking to scale. And then the other one just got made into a movie. I read it a long time back and I go back and reread it. It's called Endurance, uh, The Journey of uh, Shackleton, where he was able to get his team to survive. And you've, you've, you've known enough founders and enough startups. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you need to go back to, need to rely on every day. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, with that, Ajesh, I appreciate you joining us, sharing your story, equally sharing the semi-cab story, and look forward to your continued and future success. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you liked. And be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Until next time.